What's up, everyone? It's me, AJ, and you're listening to Housewives Happy Hour with AJ, and it's time for After Hour Tea. Welcome back, everyone, to After Hour Tea. Today, I will be starting with Beverly Hills. So we've reached the midpoint between um, New York and Beverly Hills. We've reached the midpoint of the season. We've got the midseason trailers and um, now stuff is kind of rolling out about the recent weeks of Erica and all her uh, drama that she has going on. A lot of people think that she is faking um, and acting on the show. So um, I have a basically um, uh, a former employee of Tom Girardi who actually appeared on the Housewife and the Hustler documentary. Her name is Kim Archie. And she had a lot to say about Erica's mascara tears. Um, And let's just say that she was less than impressed with Erica. Um, A quote from her is, There's been waterproof mascara since 1938, before we were all born. So I'm sure she could get waterproof mascara. Um, She was... So Kim Archie is a former legal consultant at Girardi & Keese, which is Tom's firm. And this is an interview that she did on the Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald's podcast, Um, after Erica's teary scene that we witnessed a couple weeks ago with Kyle Richards. Made headlines everywhere. Everyone was talking about it. Everyone thought she was faking it. And um, anyway, so Kim Archie had said she likes big sunglasses. There are scenes that somebody posted where she's inside with sunglasses. So she's sitting in bright sunlight with non-waterproof mascara, you know, just sobbing. Heather subsequently pointed out that it's natural to wipe your tears when you're crying, which Erica didn't do. Um, Kim said that whole scene and I watched it. Did she take acting classes? I thought she went to like an art high school in Atlanta. She needs to, she needs to get her money back from any classes because nobody was buying any of that. I mean, that was terrible acting. It was horrible. Um, I don't know. I just, I, it's so tough because I can understand what people are, what people are saying. However, I guess I'm just in denial and I don't really want to believe it because I'm I feel so bad for Erica and I don't really know why she's being so villainized in this situation because I feel like the villain is Tom. I don't really I mean she so something that Erica had said on camera, I believe last episode was and I don't know if this is verbatim, but she had said something like you know I was viewed as this young, dumb bimbo that married this old white man, and now I'm just this criminal mastermind capable of anything. And um, it made me kind of think about it in a different light. So it's it's kind of like people hated her in the beginning, and they hated her now. And it's just, I feel like there's a lot of haters out there. So um, I'm still Team Erica, and <laughs> I just really am rooting for her. I feel really bad for her. I you know, regardless if you, you know, think that those tears were fake, I personally think that she's going through a lot of shit. And I'm sure that Andy's going to answer all of our burning questions at the reunion. So I will save my lips for the reunion. And speaking of legal drama, Dorit and her husband PK have actually gotten themselves in a little bit of legal drama of their own. They've had some in the past, but now it's resurfacing some more things. I guess they owe over $1.3 million in unpaid taxes. Um, So in documents exclusively obtained by uh, the son, Dorit is named in a federal tax lien with her husband of six years, PK. 
the couple owes an outstanding balance of six hundred thirty-five thousand eight hundred eighty-seven. Wait, did I say that right? Six hundred thirty-five thousand eight hundred eighty-seven dollars to the IRS from a twenty eighteen tax document. Dorit also has an individual tax lien from the state of California for the amount of $90,269, which was most recently dated in March of 2021. In addition, PK has two solo active liens on his own, including one one for the state of California for $293,222 from back in 2015, and he also still owes $289,423 for a federal lien that was most recently dated in October of 2018. So combined, the couple owes a whopping $1.3 million. Um, there's a couple other numbers in there in unpaid taxes. Um, and that's all that we know so far. We don't really know anything else. I don't think that they really commented on that. I, why would they? Because that's really embarrassing. Um, but yeah, that's the tea. So that's actually all that I have for Beverly Hills. I'm going to move over to New Jersey. I just have a quick interview that Melissa did where she reveals that her relationship with her husband, Joe, is doing much better after recent issues that fans watched unfold during the last season of New New Jersey. She said, I know we've been married for 16 years, but we are still learning from each other. There's different turning points, I would say, in marriages. Joe is not big on change, and he likes things to stay the same. He likes to know that everything's going to be intact, and that's what makes him a great husband. But for me, I'm all about change right now. It's not that he's not proud of that. He is proud of it, but it does pull me out of the house a lot. She explained their ups and downs, saying it was becoming strenuous for us because he just doesn't want it, and I'm not willing to give it up. The pandemic allowed um, Melissa and Joe to spend more time together, but it also forced them to face their problems. I think that's kind of what we saw start to unravel. So she said, the pandemic, I think, put us together a lot more hours than we usually are because he's usually at work. So we don't have time to argue about this stuff because by the time he gets home, I worked all day, he worked all day, but all the time to talk about it was almost like it was rough for us. We filmed season 11 during the pandemic last year, so you were kind of seeing us just going at it. At the beginning, I was embarrassed. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe we did this, but I feel like it's real. This is what happens. It is what it is. There's ups and downs. Nothing's perfect. I know a lot of people always wanted to believe that we were, but we are not. We have arguments. We love each other hard, but we also butt heads. Since then, the couple has made significant steps to make the relationship work. Melissa said, I told him to stop picking on me, so he stopped picking on every little thing I do as if it was going to have a change in our life every move I made. I'm really picking and choosing a little bit more as to when I was actually going to go somewhere and stay overnight and be somewhere. I'm being a little more choosy where before I was like, nope, I'm doing every single thing. This is what I have to do. I think I'm picking and choosing a little bit more now. Um, everyone still thinks that Melissa makes up her stories for the show. I think that everybody kind of thinks that her whole storyline for every season is 100% contrived. And, um, I definitely thought that her issues with Joe were real last season. I mean, it didn't seem like it was acting. I have heard other things about how um, they tend to kind of play it up for the camera a little bit, which I'm sure is probably partly true. But at the end of the day, all marriages go through issues, and I think that's obvious. So seeing them have issues, it's really just kind of a reminder that they're more like us in that way. So I'm glad to hear that they're doing better, though. So that's actually it for New Jersey. I'm going to move over to New York. Not a whole lot going on. I know that the ratings have just been so down for New York, and that's kind of all everybody's talking about. 
Um, I just recently listened to my dear friend David Yontes podcast. If you haven't heard it, it's called Behind the Velvet Rope. And he kind of talked about his take on everything with the ratings dropping and everything. But anyways, um, according to a new report, Bethany Frankel believes that she can save the Real Housewives of New York City after multiple reports claim that the current season of the show is struggling with ratings and cast shakeup rumors. So the source said, Bethany doesn't want to return to the show as a cast member. She wants to return as a producer. Bethany was far more than just talent when she was on a show. From day one, Bethany was also as a producer. She has ideas and was very creative and was never shy about jumping in and shaping the show behind the scenes as well as on camera. Bethany knows how to fix the show and is only a phone call away. Interesting. Um, It was reported last week that a cast shakeup for season 14 is underway And the taping for season's 13 reunion has been pushed back from August 5th until at least September amid the reported decline in ratings and some fan backlash about the storylines this season. So I think the backlash is coming from everybody not wanting to talk so heavily about race on the show. Um, And and it's even, you know, I would say, I mean, I don't want to speak for all, you know, all these people, but from what I've seen... It's even, you know, it's it's everybody. It's all the viewers. It's it's old, young, white, black. It's everybody who's just saying that they're kind of not liking New York and the direction that it's going. Um, with that being said, I actually love Ebony. I love Brashan. I think they're great additions to the show. However, I feel like the dynamic on the show is off because they have two new cast members and three OGs. Now, we've talked about this before. Personally, I believe... Um, or I'm starting to believe, because I was bitter at the beginning of Vicky and Tamara's exits, I'm starting to believe that if you get rid of OGs, you kind of need to get rid of more than one. And in New York's situation, they got rid of Dorinda, and they added one other person thinking that that was just kind of kind of fix the issue of the show. But the issue is there's no authenticity anymore within the cast, and it's clear that they're hiring people for the show. Now, um... I mean, these women don't really hang out with each other outside of the show, I would say, other than the fact that Leah and Ebony, I guess, are close. However, I just feel like they need to find a friend group that really is a true friend group and not really focus on so much on the race and the the diversity and the conversations that they think that these women need to have. Because personally, no matter how we how racist we think Ramona is or how, you know, ignorant she is to whatever we want her to be. I think that the show is not the place to educate her. And um, and it's not the show's job. And when I say the show, I kind of mean Ebony. But I, that's why I don't want to shit on Ebony because I actually really like her. But it's just not the place for us to be schooling each other. Like, we don't really need to see people get checked. I think we... Well, I mean, in certain situations, we do. But... I think that's why I'm seeing the decline in ratings, and that's just my prediction, having seen every single season of New York. I think we're in the flop era, and it's not because of the racial conversations. I think there are great conversations to have. I just think that it's not what we go to Bravo to watch. We go to Bravo to kind of escape um, our lives and what we deal with on a daily basis, which, you know, a lot of you know, heavy conversations in life, people run from, I get it. But, um, you know, we don't want these shows to be as heavy as they're becoming. So I kind of, I, I kind of get that. Um, I think we have diversity amongst the Bravo community. I really think we do. So I don't think the diversity is the issue. 
the issue with New York is these women are getting older, unfortunately, and the the entertainment is not as high as it was. Personally, for me, I feel like it's just going over and over and over and over again with the same storyline, especially with Ramona, Luann, and Sonia. Now, I know Sonia's a fan favorite, but I think we need to kind of reevaluate what we, as viewers, want to see for New York. Now, me personally, I would love to see, you know, a whole new cast with New York. It doesn't even have to be, I mean, it just new, fresh housewives. None of these women are housewives. They None of them even have men. I mean, if we went down through the list, none of them really have men. So it's kind of hard for, and I'm not saying that we need male energy, but sometimes you kind of do because that's the whole image of the housewives thing. You know what I mean? So without rambling too much, I think that my prediction for New York is that they're probably, I would say they're probably going to bring back at least one OG um, and or not OG, but previous cast member. And I think that they will shake it up. And I'm, I'm thinking that they'll get rid of Luann and Ramona. So I guess we'll kind of have to wait and see. But those are my predictions. Um, I have a feeling that Sonya is going to stay just because she's such a fan favorite, even though I personally feel like we need to get rid of the OGs in order to kind of reshape New York. That's it for New York. I'm going to move over to Orange County. I just have one interview that uh, Bronwyn did with Us Weekly. And um, she kind of just reflected on her time on Orange County and shares her biggest regret from the show following her exit. So she admitted that there's one outfit she regretted the most. And it was that Hawaiian shirt with the visor on the bus where she was crying. (laughs) She said, um, mine was polyester. There was the visor. If you're going to have a breakdown, have a breakdown in Prada. So she noted that there is another moment she hopes her kids don't see her on-screen makeout with Tamara. She said, so yeah, that happened. Whoops. She also mentioned that she regrets saying so much about her recovery off camera. Uh, What are some of the things she doesn't regret? Being kind and staying sober? She said, you can never be too nice. Nice goes a long way. Like, obviously, do I wish I was coming back? Are there things I could have done differently? Probably. But one of the things about the program I'm working with is that you don't have regrets Everything that I do is for a reason and when to and when to not regret the past or when to shut down on it. So if I were to live in the past in regrets, I don't know where that would lead, so I don't have any regrets. While parts were certainly difficult, the ups and downs were everywhere. And she also added that she's um, she will always look back and say, I'm glad that I did it. Everything that has gotten me here today has gotten me to 500, uh, 505 days sober, so I regret nothing. I do what I do want to say, and this is the most important thing that I could say across the board. I am so grateful for the show because I know that without the show, I wouldn't have stayed sober. I wouldn't have had that accountability that the fans gave me. And how can you regret anything when it helped you save your life? So that was Bronwyn and what she had to say. (laughs) And I'm going to close out with Potomac. I know a lot of people don't watch Potomac, but I like it and I watch it. Um, we are two weeks in with Potomac and Dr. Wendy and Mia took their beef to social media while the recent episode of Potomac aired. Um, so newbie Mia accused Wendy of being insecure multiple times during the Sunday episode of, um, Potomac. She said, uh, oh, sorry. Um, Wendy, this is a tweet from Wendy. Insecure, soldier boy voice, no love, it's my party, and I should be able to reveal my body how I want to, not on your terms or your timing. Uh, Wendy had a lot to say about the scene on Twitter. She wrote, 
What am I going to do about it? Girl, absolutely nothing. I have way too much to lose. Grow up. She also tweeted, it's always the most insecure people who call others insecure. Deflecting much? She continued by saying, girl, stop deflecting. I clocked you as a liar and a flip-flopper from the moment I met you, and you've been mad at me ever since. She also tweeted, um, first, you don't know your age. Then within 24 hours, you go from having a good heart to just a pretty face. Then you say you're a bartender when we all know you're a stripper. So many lies, but go off, sis. <laughs> Mia, for her part, shared screenshots of Wendy's tweets and then captioned the post via her Instagram page saying, Woo, chow. <laughs> Hashtag bothered much. Um, she continued by saying, Strippers have way more fun than slithers, just saying. And then she added, Natural hair flip. <laughs> In the comment section of Mia's Instagram post, Wendy wrote the following Let me slither on through then. No one shamed you for being a stripper. I'm calling you out for being a liar. To which Mia responded, Y'all like how she needed to politically correct herself? As far as Wendy, she she shared a screenshot of Mia's Instagram post and tweeted, Always funny when they attempt to spin the narrative. Nah, sis, my tweets pointed you out as a liar and a flip-flopper. Never shamed you. Be blessed. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, that feud was pretty interesting. I Okay, here's, here's my opinion on it. I do think that Wendy came in a little too hot with Mia. Um, I actually like Mia. I'm, I'm liking her. And I will see how the season plays out because I know she's definitely going to ruffle some feathers with that season trailer that we saw. But I will say that if I had to pick a Team Wendy or a Team Mia, I'm picking Team Mia because I think that Wendy got a little too much in Mia's face for everything. So that's where I stand. And one last quick thing before I bid you guys adieu. There will be no podcast next week. Uh, there are no after-hour tea, no nothing. Um, I will be on vacation, but I will be back in action the following week. Um, but make sure you follow me on Instagram in case there's any major updates so you guys are in the know. <laughs> well, my friends, we have reached the end of after-hour tea. I hope you enjoyed it. I know it was fairly short this week. There's not a whole lot going on with press. It's kind of slowing down a little bit. But here's your flash filming update. Atlanta has not begun filming yet, and there's no concrete cast yet. They're still kind of in limbo. Beverly Hills is still airing on Wednesdays. Dallas has not yet begun filming. I think they're going to be filming probably in the fall. Um, it's getting pushed back. Um, New Jersey. Oh, I'm sorry. Miami is still filming. They've been seen filming up in New York area uh, for a vacation. So, yes. Um, New Jersey, I believe, will finish in a couple weeks. They're still filming for season 12. And New York is still airing on Tuesdays. Orange County has begun filming, and they have their cast, which we've already talked about. Potomac is airing on Sundays, and Salt Lake City has finished their second season filming and will probably have a premiere date in the fall. So thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you know when the new episodes arrive. If you have any news to share, feel free to message me so I can talk about all your favorite tea. Follow me on Instagram at AJ Jafari for updates on the podcast and the latest news regarding all things Housewives. Until next time, this was Housewives Happy Hour with AJ. AJ.